Show. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. You have found the Crowley Show, where I sound like I'm on speed. And your mom probably is. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom beyond the glass. Holy hell, the Pirates got their dudes. Back end of the bullpen reliever. Front of the rotation starter. Hell is freezing over. John Parado going to be joining us coming up in about 18 minutes here on the Crowley Show. Maybe the dean of Pirates writing in the city. Very happy to be joined by him later on. How's this for a culture shock? The Brewers general manager. Oh, God, so happy. He said today that they were close to adding a starting pitcher. Yeah. You know who always says that? Neil friggin' Huntington. Yeah. Not the Brewers general manager. Now he says it. Well, we were close. Yeah. Close don't matter. Bitch. It don't matter. What matters is the Buckos got Archer. Watch him get shelled on Friday. That ah, just torched. Although fans no longer in St. Louis. Oh my God. No, he's in Tampa. Oh my God. That poor guy. <laughs> he goes from a legit playoff race to Tampa where they're shipping everyone out. They get rid of Ivaldi. They get rid of Archer. They bring him, and their outfield's going to be good, though. Good young outfield. You got Meadows, you got Fan. Is that his name? Fan doesn't matter. 93-7, the P-H-A-N. We'll get back to the Buckos, as I mentioned, with John Parado. There's a lot, a lot to digest with him. Also, Evgeny Malkin is 32 today, which means that we might be in for some lean hockey years, Pittsburgh. I thought he was 31. I just personally lost a year of Evgeny Malkin today. It was shaping up to be a bad day. I mean, I was really upset early in the day. If getting Malkin 32, not 31, that's bad. That scares you. But now the Buckos, I mean, back page news. Steelers training camp, back page news. In fact, the Steelers canceled practice today and told me to come to the studio because they knew this was going to be going on. Wait a second. Wait a second. What's that, Tom? Oh, I'm wrong. There is a Steelers story. We'll get to it here before John Parado. Le'Veon Bell was videotaped by it looked like a stripper at a strip club grabbing ass. And I don't think it's much of a scandal. I don't think it can be. He's allowed to do what he wants to do. The optics are bad, though. And the optics are always bad with Le'Veon Bell. Tweeting out after playoff losses. Oh, Fortnite. Saying things like, oh, I might retire if the Steelers don't give me a contract. Not showing up for a walkthrough the day before a playoff game. All these things together make this a bad look. The Steelers are bashing heads together. Ramon Foster's getting his leg amputated. And Le'Veon Bell's throwing dollar bills around. Although, okay. I don't want to disparage anybody. We are a family-friendly show. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. Unless their feelings deserve to be hurt. Unless they're filthy Pringles. Unless they're filthy Pringles. Good point by you. 
So I'm not going to comment on the stripper that the money was being thrown towards. But Le'Veon, I feel like there's a better way to spend your money there. I mean, spending that much at a strip club to begin with, I mean, you do what you want to do, fine. But Monday Night Strip Club? That ass? I mean, come on. What? Just go on Tinder. You're Le'Veon friggin' Bell. You can bust it up in the hole. I know it. I've seen it. I don't know. Did you guys have a problem with it? Um, I, I know you're taking the high road here, but I'd be happy to disparage all those women in the video. They were fat, ugly, Whoa! shaking all over the place. Whoa! There were more pockmarks in those asses. on uh, Like Swiss cheese, it looked like. Whoa! That stuff was jelly in a big, round, plastic bag. That's what that was. You're Le'Veon Bell, dude. If you're going to tweet about that stuff, don't embarrass yourself by hanging out with chicks that have obvious... Wait a second. Wait a second. I got to stop you there. Okay. He didn't tweet about it. Carry on. Okay, my bad. My bad. Are you going to allow somebody to film that while you're sitting behind a stripper like that? I don't know what the hell was going on that. You're a pro football player. Go to a classy joint. This was like a back alley strip club where like women with C-section scars were just rolling it for every dollar bill they can get so they can go out and buy some crack and come back in. Or in this lady's case, maybe a double cheeseburger, some fries, a pizza, a big bucket of chicken, maybe some Diet Coke, I don't know, maybe some sausage, all kinds of stuff. This lady, seriously, Belle, come on, Lav. Go to a place where there's some hot chicks. Please. I mean, any self-respecting athlete is not going to have himself seen in that place. The lady was wearing lit-up stockings next to him. What kind of joint are you hanging in? It's clear. This is. And look, I'm going to take a serious take on this. This shows poor decision-making. This is a part of a bigger problem. This is what the deal is with Le'Veon Bell. He does not know how to look at a situation, think about it rashly, and then make a decision on what he's going to do. You know what? I think she was hot. Yeah. <laughs> nice, pretty woman. Probably just trying to feed her family. Yeah, she's probably heading to medical school. You know? They all are, aren't they? Yeah. Now, that lady's just trying to get her apartment paid for. Like, because it's three weeks past due and she's about to get kicked out. But luckily, hey, here comes the first athlete that's ever showed up in this dank-ass strip club. And, oh, my God, I'm rich. I got 100 bucks. I can pay off my room at the motel. Tom, this just shows me that he doesn't deserve the contract that he thinks he does. Oh, he, no. he can't manage his money in smart <laughs> ways. Uh, I, I mean, he should be opening up his own strip club and flying in the highest class of strippers to entertain him. Yet he's at some strip club while the C team's going on on Monday night. Okay, here's here's the business model. Le'Veon Bell opens up a strip club that Todd Haley frequents, keeps it afloat. And A.B. flies the strippers in via helicopter. Like now, that's it. a smart business investment. And then the D.D.'s Alameda Teamu. No, you lost me on that one there. What? Yeah, I don't think he can do that. What? No. We might need to go for Jung Ho Gung on that one. That video, that couldn't have been Lev, right? I mean, it can't be. It can't be. I mean, you don't want it to be. You don't. You don't want it to be Lev. And, okay, and here's where it's the bad look, though. I'm not a big strip club guy. I've gone for a couple of bachelor parties. That's it. You can't touch him like that. Like, you're really not supposed to unless you pay for it. Now, I guess he did. But, 
I mean, you're really, you're really not supposed to just be grabbing them that way. I mean, she didn't look like she had a problem with it. Another observation I had about that, I question like how good at loving Lev actually is, because he was kind of like treating it like, like it was a sack of potatoes. Like he was kind of like, blah, 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 blah. well, in like, your opinion, it was. I mean, oh yeah, it was a big uh, sack of jelly. <laughs> I I agree with that though. It didn't look like it looked like he was Michael Flatley, Lord of the Dance. <laughs> like his arms were independent from his body, and he just yeah, like they weren't working right. Yeah, yeah at least cur- he didn't catch the football. I mean, look, not on that chick specifically, but left for future purposes. If you're ever rocking the back of a stripper, you got to be a little more gentle with it. You, you do, gotta, you know. I mean, but he's like pawing it like he's a tiger like, trying to eat a piece of meat. It's almost like he thought he could get on her back. And the more he smacked her, she could be his transportation to St. Vincent College in Lake Trope. Yeah, well, in India, they used to use elephants for transportation. So it's been it's a precedent there. And you're being a real Pringle this segment. I'm sorry. It's a bad look. I mean, dude, you're a pro athlete. Act like it. I mean, one, if you're not going to be in camp, act like it out of camp. Well, that's where it's bad, right? That's where it does look and bad. And it is. And in all seriousness, like it goes back to optics. It goes back to optics and Le'Veon Bell not being able to read the room. He just cannot read the room. He does not know how this stuff makes him look. He does not realize it, and he refuses to realize it. Hang out with somebody who's not going to be filming it. And she's right there in his friggin' peripheral vision. Yeah. Now, I know his attention's a little bit occupied at the time, but come on, man. you got to be looking around. you got to keep your head on a swivel. He's one of the best backs in the league because he's got great vision meanwhile he can't see that this woman next to him (laughs) is filming him fondling a stripper where do you think that's going to wind up and i'm not a prude i'm not somebody who frowns upon going to strip clubs if that's what you want to do and how you want to spend your money you're a single guy you want to go to the strip club fine whatever that's on you that can be your form of entertainment but if you are a professional athlete you can't be filmed doing that not whenever already already the fan base hates you Right. They hate you. And maybe that maybe that's it for him. Who cares, right? Because he's not going to be a Steeler after this year anyhow. Maybe he's just like, F it. But the next team that he's going to sign with has to be thinking, ah, I mean, I don't think it affects him No, dollar-wise, but you're thinking, ah, can can you just use a little bit more judgment? Yeah, just please, yes, just please. a little. And, and let that judgment fly into every aspect of your life. Before right. you do something, think about it a little bit. Before you refuse a great contract and hold out and make every fan hate you for it, think about it a little. Use your head, Lev. And again, like back to what you said, not judging. There's a lot of probably self-righteous talk show hosts who are going on the air today who are like, I can't believe he's in a strip club and... <laughs> Oh my gosh, how dare him? That's a bad look. And you know those guys are out there. And that's not what we're doing here. When you're supposed to be in training camp and you allow that to get out, that's the bad look. It's not what you were doing. It's how you're going about your business. His problem has been he surrounds himself with people who don't give him good advice. And his agent doesn't give him good advice. The friends that he's now picked, they're doing this or they're allowing this to happen. There's a dude there who's got dreads who kind of actually looks like Chris Archer. Who's sitting next to Le'Veon Bell? It's not can, Chris Archer. By it's not though. Let's <laughs> let's no. It's, it's good. That's a good point. It's not Chris Archer. It just you got the dreads there. That's bad by me. And he can see the video camera going. Video camera. What year is it? He can see the iPhone taking the video there. There are a bunch of tweets going back and forth about this move that the Pirates made with Chris Archer and Mike Vuck who used to, that's dangerous to say, but I, I nailed it there. He used to work for KDKA. He was tweeting out about how Pirates fans probably forced the Pirates' hand here 
because of the public relations. And I actually happen to agree with him. Tim Williams, though, pooped all over it, of course. And he says, I'm guessing no, just because they've tried to make these moves before. They went heavy after David Price in 2014 and by most accounts had the best upside offer, but Tampa wanted players closer to the majors. Not necessarily a new approach, just the first time it worked out. Okay, yeah, they really tried before. Give me a break. We'll talk to John Parado coming up next. The dean, really, of Pittsburgh writers as it comes to baseball in this town. Buckos, they're good. What? It's Crowley Show. He's- the Adam Crowley Show. Uh, we got to earn tomorrow. That's French. <laughs> That's yeah. your French. Yes. We and me, 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 woo, poo, poo. I agree. That was excellent. So good. I could do right, Kogudis. Uh-huh. The Flyers going to win. We are going to earn tomorrow. Adam Crowley. It's not even funny. On ESPN Pittsburgh. I write columns now for the Pittsburgh City paper because I'm a huge star. And I just got a hand mailed letter. From a guy who took exception to my first column ever written at the Pittsburgh City Paper. Just to reiterate, it was a handwritten letter. (laughs) Dropped off in the mail. Which then had to go to the City Paper and then get forwarded to iHeartMedia. And the guy who sent the letter has the printed out sticky stamps to put in the corner for the return address. Why? Because he mails a lot of letters. Why does he do that? I don't know. It's 2000 and flipping 18. I will read you all the contents of this letter after we are done with our friend John Parado. And John's been going through a lot of stuff lately, and we don't have to talk about it. But, John, I'm happy to hear that you're doing okay, buddy, and continue your fight, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Adam. John, hell, freezing over. The Pirates get both the guys they wanted to get today. I mean, where do we start? Well, I think we start with the fact that the Pirates finally figured out the fans are pretty upset with them, and they needed to do something to show that they still care. And I think that's as much as anything what this is about. I, I'm i not 100% convinced they feel they can make the playoffs this year, but I think they feel they've strengthened their team for the next couple of years, and I think more than anything is they've sent a message to the fans that, uh, yes, we are trying to win, and, and the fans had every right to question that the last few years. And it's uh, certainly a stunning turn of events here in the last 24 hours. And really the last 13 days, man. It's insane to me. What are they going to get for David Freeze? What are you going to get for Jordy Mercer? Do you try to move Cervelli despite the injuries? Who on this roster is untouchable? And now, man, if you look around the National League at the teams they're chasing – uh, the Cubs are in a class of their own, I think, but correct me if I'm wrong, John, but I think that this puts the Pirates at the table with those guys. I think roster-wise, they can now definitely compete with them. Well, they certainly have the, you know, they, they have the, I don't know if Archer is a number one per se, but I think he's certainly a number two, and on the Pirates, he's clearly a number one starter because they have a staff full of three and fours. And you need a pitcher like that if you're going to go to the playoffs and make a run at the playoffs. And if you get to the playoffs, you need a guy like that if you're going to go anywhere once you get to the postseason. 
And in, in Pella, that gives them another power arm in the bullpen and would have been a disaster earlier in the season. Now is the real strength of this team. You have Vasquez closing, and he got straightened out after his uh, rough uh, end of May there for about 10 days when he couldn't get anybody out, but he's really turned it back around. You have Pella can pitch late in games. Kyle Crick has, has made big strides this year, and so has Edgar Santana. And all of a sudden, you have four power arms at the end of a game. You don't need your starting pitchers to give you six or seven innings now. If they can get you through five with the lead, you can turn it over to the bullpen and feel pretty secure that they have a good chance of closing it out. So uh, this, this team has been altered uh, quite quite a bit here with these two trades. And, and all of a sudden, the pitching looks uh, a lot better. I still would like them better if they had one more really good sure. starting pitcher, but, but uh, Archer is certainly a start. John Prado joining us here on the Crowley Show. They also don't have to give up Keller or Newman or Kramer, which I think is huge, too. I, I, I think getting the return that they did for Meadows and Glass now was the way to go. I don't think Glass now was ever going to work out here in Pittsburgh, obviously, and they didn't think that he would either. And Meadows is, I think, a budgeting young good player in this league. But if you've got Dickerson and you can extend him, or even if you've got him for this next year and you could throw the qualifying tag on him, well, then... You got him for the next year plus. I, I think that this was the way to go without really hurting the ball club that they've got right now. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think the thing with Austin Meadows, I, I think certainly he has raw talent, but but I think there was some question of whether he'd ever be able to hit the breaking ball or at least lay off the breaking ball and wait for pitchers to throw him fastballs. And beyond that, now I know he's been healthy this year and he stayed healthy. But he's missed a lot of time since he's been drafted number one back in 2012 or 2013, I guess it was. And there's always that question, is he just injury prone? Is this a guy who's never going to be on to stay on the field long enough to truly make a major impact? And I think that was part of it. And like you said with Glass now, the Pirates are tired of him. I just think they felt he was never going to turn into the pitcher they hoped he would be here. I mean, Ray Searage tried everything. Clint Hurdle showed extreme patience with the kid, I thought, the last couple of years. He really isn't getting any better. I mean, he strikes guys out, but then he mitigates that by walking a lot of people. So, you know, maybe he goes to Tampa Bay, maybe he wins 20 games down there, but it was never going to happen here. So uh, even if he does go on and become a star, and I'm kind of skeptical that that will happen, but if he does, I can't blame the Pirates for that because, it's like I said, it just he needs a change of scenery. It wasn't going to happen here. So if, if he has a good career, they really shouldn't kick themselves and say, wow, we shouldn't have traded him because he had to go. I think one of my best qualities among thousands, frankly, uh, humility not being one of them, is my ability to admit when I was wrong. And a couple of years ago when Mark Melanson gets dealt, I thought, what the sweet God are they doing? They're three games out. He's pitching really well. And they've turned that, the Pirates have, Neil Huntington has, into Kella and Tavasquez. Damn good job. It has. And Melanson is now a, a setup guy in San Francisco, not a very good one because he has a dead arm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a good trade. And I'll be honest at the time, I know it didn't sit well in the clubhouse. And I thought they kind of ran up the white flag too soon that year when they were only three out in the wild card. But... As you said, I, you were wrong, and I was wrong, too. And I'd say Felipe Vazquez or Rivero, as he was known back then, I mean, everyone knew he had a good arm, but you know, the big question was, was he ever going to throw enough strikes to get people out? And credit to the Pirates, they've taught the guy how to get up, to stay under control, keep his delivery under control, pound the strike zone. 
And now that he throws strikes, he's one of the premier relievers in the National League. On the flip side, from what happened back then in the clubhouse taking it, the clubhouse got to be fired up right now, huh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, what a great list. Uh, you know, I mean, this, this is a team that, you know, I think it, they've had a collective hangover ever since losing the 2015 wild card game. I think it was very much like when they lost game seven of the 92 National League Championship Series back a million years ago. Everyone knew that was their last hurrah, and uh, they were probably not going to win for a while. Although this time, I think the players were hopeful that management would go out and get a couple players in the offseason of 2015-16 and try to keep that window open. And when they didn't, you could just feel the, the deflation in spring training that year. And honestly, there's just been that feeling in the clubhouse for the last two, two and a half years that, hey, you know, ownership isn't even really trying here. Why, you know, it's hard for us to give our best effort when we know ownership could really care less whether we win or lose. So this certainly sends a signal to the clubhouse, too, in addition to the fans that, hey, uh, we are going to try to win here. It's just been brought to my attention that Chris Archer wore the number 22 in Tampa Bay, Andrew McCutcheon's number here in Pittsburgh. Do they, John? Do they dare? Sure. Why not, right? I mean, I don't think McCutcheon's a guy that we're going to retire no. someday anyway. I mean, he had a good career here, but I don't think he's going to the Hall of Fame or anything. And certainly, I mean, he'll be fondly remembered by Pirate fans. But no, I'd have no problem giving the uh, the number to Chris Archer. And, and maybe some ways it's symbolic that, you know, they've, they've turned a new chapter here, the Pirates. And, you know, they, they've moved on from the McCutcheon-Cole era, which obviously didn't win her. But now they're uh, moving on. They're going to try to win again. And, and maybe it would be a, a nice little symbolism to, to give McCutcheon's number to Archer. John, you're going to want to steal this, and I'm giving you full permission. We're calling him Chris Archer. <laughs> oh, that's really bad. It's, 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 it it's, 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 her, it's horrendous, John. John Perano joining us. It's so bad on the Crowley it's Show. It's a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> John, who who comes out of the Pirates' rotation? Is it Nick Kingham? I suspect. You know, the Pirates aren't saying yet. They, you know, they're going to wait. I think they certainly don't want whoever's coming out to read about it on the internet or in the newspaper or hear it on the talk shows. So, I would say Kingham probably would be the most likely guy to get sent back down to AAA. I mean, he's pitched well at times and he has not pitched well at times and. To me, it looks like he could probably, of the starters they have, probably use the most uh, most of the the experience of maybe going back to AAA and kind of putting a little finishing touches on himself. But uh, yeah, I would say he would go. But it's going to be interesting to see if that's what they do or not. I uh, they haven't tipped their hand obviously yet. In fact, uh, you know they, they will be curious to see what happens when they slot Archer in and everything else. John. How long have you covered baseball? It's been a long time. 31 years. 31 years. My first year. Three decades. When's the last time that you've, and if you are, when's the last time you've been this shocked? Because I was stunned that they that they went the way that they did today. I would say, I would have to say 1990 in August, because mainly because the trading deadline had passed, so you didn't think they were going to make any kind of big move because whoever would be a good player wouldn't make it through waivers. And they got Zane Smith from the Montreal Expos uh, on August 8th of 1990, and they were locked in a tight battle with the Mets. And, you know, this was a 
Pirates were kind of like they were a few years ago. They hadn't been good for quite a while, and and uh, they'd almost left town five years earlier, and now they were in a pennant race, and then the Mets were going head-to-head. They needed a veteran starter, and Zane Smith went 8-1. and one. He threw one hitter against the Mets uh, in, a, in a pivotal game in September, and I was really surprised then that they got a player of that caliber that showed me they were serious about winning again. And I really have to go back, and that's, my goodness, 28 years, so it's a long time. John, the Cutchin-Cole trades look far better now, right? Moran, Crick, Musgrove, uh, Kella, uh, the, and then if you include Archer uh, as as part of that, just the way that they've built since then, uh, you get those players plus the guys that you're able to add today. I, I kind of I feel bad, a little bit bad piling on the Pirates the way I did. Yeah, I guess they, they did have a plan. It was uh, kind of hard to understand at the time. I, I thought... Most likely, they were. It was the first stages of what was going to be a teardown, and and really go the way of like the Astros, the Cubs, some of the other teams have done. The White Sox are doing now, and a, and a few other teams. Basically, get as many young guys as you can, take your lumps for a couple of years, and then try to come back. Because it's hard even for big market teams to keep that window open forever, unless you're the Yankees, or Red Sox, or the Cubs, where you're just so insanely have so much money that you can just cover up any of your problems with cash. But for the most part, you can throw the Dodgers in there, too, those four teams. But pretty much any other team, and especially a team that doesn't spend money, at least up until now, like the Pirates, you figure the windows are pretty short. So what you want to do is try to, when you get that chance to open a window, make sure you open it as wide as you can. And I thought the best way to do it was really, you know, as everyone calls it, not tanking. Tank, get a lot of high draft picks, get a lot of international sign-in bonus money build the farm system up and uh, take your lumps for a couple of years and then try to be competitive again, you know, maybe in the early to mid-2011, 2021-2022, something like that. John, if you had to bet, you think the Pirates make the playoffs this year? Uh, no. Me neither. No, I, hate, I hate to put a damper on what's yeah. a great day for the fans, uh, a great, you know, like 24 hours. But to me, I still think they're short. I think they... They're still short on starting pitching. Archer certainly helps. I mean, I like their chances better today than I did yesterday. I do like their bullpen a lot, like we talked about. I just don't know if their lineup's deep enough to make the playoffs, but they've at least given themselves the chance. And I think if you thought back, if we would have had this conversation opening day, and you would have said on July 31st the Pirates were making moves, to get into playoffs, I think we all would have said no way. There'd probably be 30 games out of first place. So it's been a surprising season. So uh, I wouldn't count anything out at this point. They've, they've certainly exceeded my expectations, the Pirates. So uh, I hate to close the door on it, but I still think it's going to be a little tough when they match up against Milwaukee, Arizona, Colorado, some of the other teams in the wild card chase. I just don't know if they're quite good enough. John, tell us a little bit about the newsletter before you get out. Yeah, newsletter twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays, looks around two of them. One's just strictly on the Pirates, the other is Major League Baseball, have all kind of fun stuff, scouts, takes, insider info, executives talking about different players, different teams, uh, links to stories, interesting stories around the Internet, just a bunch of chatter, scouts uh, talking about fantasy players maybe to be interested to, to pick up, uh, you know, looking ahead to this next series for the Pirates and also top series in Major League Baseball, and a lot of fun stuff. Uh, I try to have fun with it and try to make it as informative and entertaining as possible. Well, it's great stuff, John, as are you, pal. Uh, Keep up the fight, man, and we'll talk to you soon.
appreciate it, Adam. Thanks for having me. Thank you. There he goes, John Parado, uh, who did not like the Chris Archer joke. That's okay. He came around. He will come around. I'll get him there. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Coming up next, I can't believe I didn't think of this before. How friggin' lucky, seriously lucky, is Neil Huntington? Holy crap. I mean, if if they don't win their 11 games in a row, he starts selling people off. Chris Archer never comes. The fan base is pissed. And we're not looking towards this team maybe making the playoffs this year and next year. We're looking at not making it the next three because they've sold off assets. Accidental goodness. And a lot of that's been going on with Neil Huntington. I'll explain that's coming up next. And I will get you this letter that was written to me. By a nice young man who's not young. He's probably a thousand years old. You know, I know he's a thousand years old. Not because he wrote this on a piece of paper and mailed it. No, not because of that. But because his name is Otis. No, no, there you have it. I mean, come on. Coming up next. All of that. Backwards tease. It's the Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Brought to you by the Erector Protector, protecting your junk since 2016. If you want to keep the bang out, yo wang, you need Erector Protector. Available at Walgreens, CBS, and Arby's. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Team, a new pirate generation. Everybody shout, let's go, Bucks! Catch us. Oh, no. A little early. A little early. A little premature there. Take me out to where the pirates play. Catch the sights. Cheer the plays for the good Get the hell out of here. Grand Slam center field. Semantic Cracker Jack. Crowd cheers, I don't care if I ever get back. I listen to the game with my radio on. Clap along to the rhythm of a bucko song. To a board full count with nobody out. Stop your feet, line drive, everybody shout. Root, you coming out, Tom. I hope team a, a new pirate generation, everybody shout. Let's go, Bucks! With every slide, there'll be Pittsburgh pride at the old ball game. Everybody shout. Let's go, Cross the bridge through the gate to the field of green. Young and old stories told from your childhood dream. Pops, Wagner, Trainer, Mazin, heroes yet to be named. Great catch, clutch hits like Clemente played. I listen to the game with my radio on. Clap along to the rhythm of a bucko song. To a board full count with nobody out. Stop your feet, line drive, everybody shout. Root, root, root for our home team. A new pirate generation, everybody shout. Let's go, Bucks! Slide, there'll be Pittsburgh pride at the old ball game. Everybody shout. Let's go, Bucks! Team a new pirate generation, everybody shout. Let's go, Bucks! There'll be Pittsburgh pride at the old ball game. Everybody shout. Let's go, Bucks! To the game with my radio on. Clap along to the rhythm of the bucko song. To a board, nobody out. 
Stop your feet, line drive, everybody's out. Wait. For our home team, a new pirate generation, everybody shout. Let's go. Every slide, there'll be Pittsburgh pride at the old ball game. At the old game. For our home team, a new pirate generation, everybody shout. Let's go, Bucks! Every line, there'll be Pittsburgh pride at the old ball game. Everybody shout. Let's go, Bucks! Oh, a new era today, baby. It's the Chris Archer, Chris Archer era. Scott says that underscore Adam Crowley. We could totally tell you're reading the lyric. No. Season ticket holder since before you were even born, Scott. How about that? Wonder how old Scott is. Wonder if he's a season ticket holder. I mean, I needed a refresher in my defense. They haven't done anything since 2015. I had no reason to be happy. Yeah, there hasn't been much reason to sing that song. Not at all. We used to go to Pirate Games, my buddy and I. We had season tickets. When the Pirates went to the or hosted the All-Star Game, my dad bought a package so that we could go to the All-Star Game. And we still went to 60 Pirate Games. And during Take Me Out to the Ball Game, we'd always say, if they don't win, it's not a surprise. So, cut me some slack there, Scott. Scott says, same age as you. I'm boycotting. Boycott's over. I'm canceling the boycott. Pirate mutiny done. We're all back on board, baby. Let's go. The ship is safe. The ship yes, is safe. It's safe, baby. Parlay? Is that what they say in pirate? Parlay. That, that is, is a parlay. parlay. Yeah, we've, we've laid down the parlay now. Let's go to Richard and Wheeling. Of course, if we're having Why a party. Not? If we're having a party, and today's a party, we got Richard and Wheeling. What's up, man? Well, I wish I was home so I could have recorded that song because that sounds like a classic to me. We it's nailed it. It's a bona fide uh, hit, it's Richard. It's as good as it gets. Uh, uh, two things. You were saying before that you will admit them during your one house or admit when you're wrong. I'm not so sure that you're really wrong about this, but I know I heard you say 2015. I heard you say 2018 earlier. When you hit, when you went from 9 to 10, it should be 2015 and 2018, not 2015. Get the, get the hell out of here, Richard. Get the hell. You know what? What's, or, actually, what's your other thing? You got one more thing? You, you got one more thing? You got one more thing to say? You said you had two things. Yeah, you... yeah, I got one more thing. One more thing to say. Okay, we'll say it. Uh, this is where you were wrong. Talking about where Bob Nutter you know, didn't make a big mistake by getting rid of... Uh, the hell's his name? The hell out of here. Don't need you anymore, you Mr. Richard. You shouldn't have for the second thing. Uh, I should not have. Yeah. We had him. We had him right there after the first thing. Yeah. It is July 31st, 2018. And on this day... I say eat me. John says, Jesus Christ, that was bad radio. What are you talking about? Cue it up again, Tom. I mean, I don't think we need to do it again. <laughs> Just put it on put it on softly in the background. There we go. A little softer. All right, a little bit louder now. 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 Yeah, they're back, baby. They're back, baby. Take me out to where the pirate... Okay, we're not doing it again. I'm lying. I'm lying. But you can keep it underneath. You can keep it underneath. Keep it down low. A little higher, though. A little higher. A little higher. All right, a little bit higher. <laughs> Clap along to the rhythm of the bucko song. Just play to the damn song, Tom. Just play it. Throw it up. 
Stop your feet, line drive, everybody shout Root, root, root for our home team A new pirate generation, everybody shout Let's go, Pirates! Every slide, there'll be Pittsburgh pride At the old ball game, everybody shout Let's go, Pirates! John Meese, shut your pie hole, I can sing real well. Tom's better, but I made him turn his microphone off. Hell out of here. Hell out of here with all that. How lucky did Neil Huntington get that the Pirates just started rattling off wins? Now, he did put the ball club together. We all know this. Neil Huntington, general manager. Good work today. But how lucky is he that the Pirates went from... Seven games under 500 to now 55 and 52. The Pirates became a good baseball team in the span of two weeks. And had they not, who's he trading? Uh, who's he getting rid of? If Austin Meadows, you're willing to part with him for Chris Archer to win now, are you willing to part with Austin Meadows for more prospects? Are you willing to part with Austin Meadows? Are you willing to sell him? Or do you move Corey Dickerson? If the Pirates were ass right now, is Dickerson gone? Is Polanco gone? Is Cervelli gone? Is Freeze gone? Is Mercer gone? Is Harrison gone? Are they just uprooting the whole thing and shipping it off? I think that they are. I think that if they wound up being 15 games under 500 instead of a couple of games over 500, you tear this bitch down. He's lucky that the team heated his words. He's lucky that he said this is a big week for us, and they actually responded. Now, maybe there's a little psychological angle there. Maybe it did work. But imagine how different this Pirates Day would be today. We wouldn't have the song on. A new pirate generation, everybody shout. Let's go, Pirates! Every slide, there'll be Pittsburgh pride at the old ball game. Everybody shout. Let's go, Pirates! It would be the old Pirates generation. It would be. If the Pirates hadn't gone nuts, if they hadn't played above their head, then they wouldn't be in this position. And I do believe that they played above their head. I do believe that they played better than their roster was. But now their roster is that good. Man, and how wrong was I? Do you remember the whole take where I go off, you can't let one week decide whether you're going to be buyers or sellers? Okay, I guess I was not 100% wrong because it was two weeks. I've never seen anything like this. And we can fall in love with storylines and things can become hyperbole. I say it all the time. Last year's Steelers season is like anything I've never seen before. It was incredible and also disastrous and also tremendous. All rolled up into one nice, neat little 13-3 and package. This, to me, is shocking. If you go back a couple of weeks and the Pirates are seven games under 500, and you would have told me that July 31st, 2018, that they'd be three games over 500, three and a half games out of the wild card with Chris Archer and Keane Kalo. Kellogg? Kellogg? If you would have told me that they would be three and a half games back with a bona fide eighth inning guy and a bona fide one or two starter, I mean, I would have thought you were Tim Williams. Root, root, root for our home team, a new pirate generation. Everybody shout, let's go, boss!
I'm going to get to this handwritten note. I promise. But I'm not going to do it now. Coming up next, the man who rips me via snail mail. Why he ripped me, what he said, and his home address. All next. Oh, no. Right here on the Crowley Show. The buckos on Superboard full count and nobody else. Stomp your feet, line drive. Everybody shout!